Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Good luck with the most beautiful game. Do us proud. Red alert! They're up and running again. Sweet, splendid, succinct, just glorious execution. Guys, all I'm looking for is 60% effort or 1,000% of the time. How sharp was that? Sharp of mind and body. And that's why you see those beautiful tears. Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet. Nobody picks him up. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Wonder Goal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me tonight is my buddy and colleague, Anthony DeBundo, BJ Cunningham, uh, and his wife welcomed their first kid, Maddox Cunningham, uh, to the world the other day. So BJ is off. And um, if you haven't heard, we did a special podcast this morning. Um, this today's Wednesday. This is a Thursday release, obviously. But on Wednesday morning, we spoke with the uh, preeminent newsbreaker in the world when it comes to soccer and transfers, Fabrizio Romano. Um, he gave us a, a bunch of information on, on Kylian Mbappe, Gabriel Jesus, Cristiano Ronaldo, basically all the big names uh, in the transfer market coming up in a few weeks. So be sure to watch or listen to that on our Wonder Goal YouTube or the Action Network YouTube or the Wonder Goal podcast channel. But this episode, we will be looking ahead to the FA Cup final on Saturday and, and then the Premier League weekend ahead uh, Sunday and Monday. Plus, uh, we'll, we'll touch on some some bets in Europe, the other European leagues we like. Anthony, we'll start, though, with the FA Cup final. Liverpool plus 105, taking on Chelsea, plus 260. The draw also sitting at uh, plus 260. A reminder, if you bet um, either team on the three-way money line and the game goes to extra time, you lost that bet, right? You're um, just something to always keep in mind in these cup competitions. So uh, for me, I think it's it's Chelsea or nothing at the price. We've talked about, you know, the Liverpool fatigue factor and the the game's going to start catching up to them. Um, and they start to show some cracks. I mean, they go down one nil to Villa. Uh, they had to draw the, the game before that. And, you know, they had to come back against Villarreal to to make sure they took care of that leg. So it's just been a, a whirlwind for Liverpool uh, They're Obviously, it's a it's a cup final at Wembley. So it's a huge, huge deal. Uh, and they're still within, you know, uh, they do have a slight, slight, slight chance at winning the quadruple. So 
they're going to give it their all. They, I think we we all expect two really strong starting 11s here, but I just think you're getting Chelsea at a good time. You're going, you're still going against Liverpool at a good time. So it would be Chelsea or nothing for me at the price. Yeah. Hard for me to disagree with regards to the side. I mean, let's consider kind of the evolution of this matchup because they have played three times. This is the fourth meeting between Chelsea and Liverpool this season. We all, I believe had Chelsea the first time these two teams met at Anfield in September Chelsea was a slight road underdog. So they were lined as a better team than Liverpool at the time. That is, of course, not aged particularly well. But Liverpool closed a favorite at Stamford Bridge in the second meeting. And then when they played on a neutral site, Liverpool was plus 130 on the money line. That was just a couple months ago in February. So now we're here in May. Liverpool is now down to plus 105. So we are at about the height of the market on Liverpool, I think. Briefly, they were the number one team in my power ratings, believe it or not. I had them better than City very briefly. Uh, and after a couple, I, they, they got knocked down by the game against Villarreal and then a, a pretty lackluster performance against Spurs. And then, it, it, like I said, it's very close, but I've got them back below City again after City routed uh, Wolves and Newcastle dominant performances. But as far as this goes, both teams to score is juice now too. I mean, the first cup final was minus 110. I had it. Both teams had over one and a half expected goals. Neither team scored. Now it's minus 140 for this match. So Fabinho will not play, it appears, for Liverpool. That is a bit of a loss. But I genuinely think this game is going to be pretty back and forth and not your traditional cup final. Remember, you know, the, the, the narrative around cup final is it's oh, it's going to be back and forth. It's going to be very tight, very congested, cagey. Nobody's going to take chances. That was not the case in the Carabao Cup final. And I don't think it's going to be the case on Saturday. I just don't think Liverpool play that way. Chelsea are more than capable of going up-tempo with them. And what they do really well, I mean, they played Werner and Havertz in that last match with Mount. That was the front three. Werner's pace in behind was very effective. Havertz especially found some great runs. And then Mount with the third-man run really broke open Liverpool a couple of times they should have scored. Liverpool did dominate the shots. You expect that. You expect them to get more shots in this game as well. But Chelsea's going to get the better, the bigger scoring chances, in my opinion. So I, I look I look toward the over here, and I think that's the only way I would play this. Two and a half is minus 115. That's where I would look. I also think the bigger pitch at Wembley helps Chelsea because there's more space in behind. It is a little bit wider, a little bit bigger, a little bit longer compared to, say, Anfield or even Stanford Bridge. So I think that all you know kind of plays into Chelsea here. Uh, so I'm going to play probably the over two and a half when we get there come Sunday or Saturday, rather. Uh, that, that, that would be my look. Liverpool's defense has shown some cracks. They've been flat five of the last six halves at this point. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's now is the time, right? Like we've we've been saying it all year. We've been wrong all year, basically. And and now it's it's just time. And you're getting to bet a good team against them rather than either a mediocre or a poor one. All right, that wraps up the FA Cup final. Let's move to the Premier League. Uh, full disclosure, we are recording this on Wednesday night. So the North London Derby hasn't happened yet. That'll take place on Thursday afternoon between Spurs and Arsenal. If you want to hear a preview for that. You can go back to our episode that we recorded for on Monday morning. Um, but we will still look at the Spurs-Burnley match. That's the first match on Sunday. There are no Premier League matches on Saturday because they cleared the schedule for the FA Cup final. Uh, Spurs minus 295 against Burnley plus 895. The draw here is 4-1. to one. No matter what happens in the, in the um, North London derby, I think you can look at this as, as a bad spot for, for Tottenham, right? Like it, it's either a letdown spot off a big win or it's, you know, this a letdown spot off of being eliminated from the top four challenge. Um, and I like, they just don't, they've had, they had trouble with Burnley in, uh, in February, uh, 
Burnley is a tricky opponent for a team like Spurs that likes to do what basically do what Burnley's built to do, except a hundred times better, which is absorb and counter. Um, and that's just not going to be the case here. Burnley will not have much of the ball. Although, they, you know, they've been a little bit more adventurous under Mike Jackson, but they just, I don't think that they're going to be sitting, going into this game thinking we want the ball. Um, they're going to let, uh, they're going to let Spurs knock it around and hopefully try to uh, catch them going the other way or, or, or not going to set peace. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's a big price for a reason. Burnley did look, um, like they, they came undone a bit against Aston Villa in that 3-0 uh, loss. They're missing key pieces. James Tarkowski, uh, Vidra's out. So it probably won't be enough for me to get to this Burnley number, but uh, it, I'm not even coming close to laying anything with Spurs. So Burnley or nothing for me. Yeah, I, I have a strong lean here to Burnley plus one and a half. I'm going to wait to see how the Derby plays out, how the market reacts off of that. I think you're right, though. I think remember what happened last time. Spurs played Burnley and what happened right before that? And that was the win over city. They were nine or 10 or 11 to one underdogs had the biggest win of their season on the road at Manchester in stoppage time, very emotional victory. Three days later, they have a makeup fixture at Burnley and it was probably their worst. uh, It was their worst performance under Antonio Conte for sure that they've had. And they went and they lost one nil on a set piece uh, and created like 0.6 expected goals. And I think Burnley does create matchup problems for Tottenham. And you mentioned the Mike Jackson thing. They've been playing more open. I'm not thinking that's going to be the case here. I mean, look at the opponents they've played, right? Like Southampton, Everton, Watford, like these games are a little different than your, your game uh, at home against Spurs. So they have not played a, a real top, top side under Jackson. And I think that, that, is where we're going to see them to be a little more conservative playing for the point desperate to hold out for it. And I think the reason that Spurs have these problems is look, we saw how impressive Sessegnon and Emerson Royale were on the wings on Saturday when they were defending and, and running into space behind. But when they get the ball at their feet with the, you know, eight defenders in front of them, they're not great crossers. They're inconsistent passers. Emerson, especially not a great decision maker all the time. They're just inconsistent. And what we saw teams have done is they've just said, all right, Emerson, you can have the ball. They are not going to, you know, they're going to dare Emerson to beat them. And then he really hasn't always done that. Sometimes he does. Sometimes he doesn't. And so that's a big problem when I'm laying a goal and a half, which is what the spread is. And so I I like, I like Burnley here, uh, especially if Spurs win. I think Spurs win, everybody's going to be doing their, okay, they should roll Burnley and roll Norwich. And then the pressure's on Arsenal, which is true. And I do think Spurs probably win this match, but again, there's a very easy path to like a one-one draw or say a two-one Spurs kind of win. So I would definitely have a strong lean toward the one and a half, and I even show a little bit of value on it. I've only got Spurs at minus two twenty; they're sitting at you know minus two ninety. Uh, we may even see this go up if they win, which I think they might on Thursday. I don't know, but if they do win Thursday, I think this goes up, and I think you can get Burnley at a good number. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I think if they lose, like you could see this number come crashing down because people will will be on to what, what I was just talking about with the uh, fact that uh, it's nothing left to play for anymore. Huge, huge letdown spot. Um, all right, let's move on to City and West Ham. West Ham at home plus 700 underdogs. City minus 270. The draw here is four to one. City up three points on Liverpool, two to play, uh, and now have a pretty decided goal uh, differential advantage. But we do know that you know Liverpool obviously could could score in buckets, so I'm sure that City's not going to rest on their laurels with a with a seven goal advantage. But still, um, you got to make City City big favorites here. The the, the bookmakers do. 
um, to get the the title. It worked last week for me, and I'm just going to keep doing it with the way that this offense is clicking. The city team total is where I'm looking uh, over two and a half plus one twenty, over three and a half plus three twenty. They just should not have any problem scoring on this West Ham defense. So they, I mean, other teams well scored to tie it up against City today, one one early on. So other teams are are having some success against uh, the Citizens, but over the last four games going forward. Uh, 14.14 expected goals and 19 goals. The offense is just humming. And it just, they they are, like I said, last week on last week's episode as before, as I was making the case for this bet, bet against Wolves, they're, they're still highly incentivized to, to run up the score. Uh, so against a, a West Ham defense that has just been trending down basically since they beat Liverpool in November, I'm very happy to back City to, to score over two and a half at a plus number. So that's where I'm looking. Yeah, I tweeted this earlier during the match against Wolves. I said, you know, Pep realizing that his defense is going to have problems and turning up the offensive throttle for the last few weeks should make for some fun matches. And that's basically what we got today. I mean, it was fun unless you're a Wolves fan. Uh, by the way, Wolves conceding 16 goals, is it now, in their last seven matches? So that, that defense has fallen off a cliff as we got one right there. Anyway, uh, as far as City goes, yeah, I would look toward the team total over. West Ham is a lot better defensively than Wolves. I think that should be noted. I know that the goals allowed won't tell you that, but when you look at expected goals allowed and ability to, to absorb pressure, West Ham's just better at it. And they, they are dangerous on the counterattack. I think Laporte is now out. So who's left? Fernandinho going to play center back. Nathan Ake is their only healthy center back right now. So it gets a little dicey for City. Like if they, if they were in the Champions League final, it would have been really hard to bet them given their injuries now. But they're not, and they just need to win this match basically to win the league. So I do think they're going to just open up the throttle and look for goals. And so uh, overs, again, would be the look for me. Wolves, the team you are just talking about, they're minus 240 against uh, already relegated, been relegated for a while, North City plus 650, the draw plus 360. Uh, it's really hard to make a case for either of these teams right now, but I will do say this for, for in Norwich's favor. Last five matches for Wolves, uh, three and a half expected goals for. And like you said, they're giving up goals now. So uh, it's at home. So it's not like Wolves are just going to lay down and they're quote unquote on the beach, but it's their final home match of the season. So it's not going to be an unmotivated squad here. These are professional soccer players. However, it's, I mean, I have no betting interest in, in either one of these sides is, is what I'm trying to say. And how do you lay a goal and a half with Wolves? Yeah, I don't know. The way their attack has been. I mean, it's been so bad. And it actually has been better the last two games when they've been able to play on the counter against City and Chelsea, but they're not going to be able to do that here. That being said, Norwich embarrassed again on the road. They've thrown in the towel, and this is the easiest pass maybe of the season uh, for me. Yeah, I, I mean, the next one's pretty easy too, I think. Uh, Watford plus 225, Leicester plus 115 on the road to draw here plus 255. How about those Hornets? Today? Yeah, Watford an impressive defensive performance. Uh, they did something I didn't expect them to do, which was they basically played for the clean sheet and to do everything they could to end the uh, home losing streak, which I guess I should have saw coming considering they had nothing else to play for. They're already relegated. Roy Hodgson is a lame duck coach with a new manager coming in. Uh, so, you know, maybe a, a blind spot there that I just missed, but uh, they, I mean, it was, it was a fine performance, but they're missing so many guys. Their only attacking threat is really Jao Pedro right now. So it's really hard to, to back them, even against a lesser team that I just could see completely not showing up in a meaningless game on the road. Um, and they're, you know, Leicester, of course, is a very, very flawed team defensively, especially. So um, it's it's another easy pass for me here. If you were, you know, 
doing a pick em contest or something, I would I would pick Watford at the price. But um, pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. That's not what we're doing. It is convenient that all their players are now injured now that they're relegated. Uh, I thought that was funny today. And how about the market? You know, that, that was something we talked about on the pod. Like, I'm going to bet Watford, but I'm going to wait because I think Everton might get steamed. Of course, now that wasn't just like the, oh, they have to win motivation steam. That was the, who the hell are the guys Watford are throwing out there and attack today. And like, they were really bad uh, going forward. They had six shots, 0.39 expected goals against Everton at home. I mean, that's, that's bad. Uh, and so that's not great if you're looking to back them in this match. Leicester does have a lot more firepower than Everton right now. They they have been creating chances and, and their attack is pretty good. Their defense is of course worse, but think about that. Think about the market for a second. Everton closed minus 180 against this team today. Leicester, who I think we can agree is marginally better, maybe even solidly better than Everton, is now plus 115 on the road. I mean, that's insane. Uh, and so, you know, maybe Watford's getting guys back, but I can't bet them at this number unless they're all back and something else, you know, like that Lester takes more money that they're on odds on and I can get a better number at Watford plus a half because otherwise I have no interest in this game. A big game uh, now that we've gotten through those two is uh, Leeds plus 155 Brighton. They're hosting Brighton plus 165. The draw here is plus 250. Uh, Leeds United is in 18th place. So they are in the relegation zone right now. They're minus 150 to be relegated sitting on 34 points. Uh, they played one more game than Everton and Burnley. So this is their second and last game on the season. Uh, I believe it's Brentford uh, after Brighton. So not neither neither of these upcoming matches are are easy for them. Burnley on 34 points. They're plus 150 to go down. Everton, 36 points, uh, 12 to 1. Burnley, as we said, has Tottenham coming up next. Uh, Everton plays uh, Brentford, Palace, and then Arsenal. So Leeds is going through something. Like, I think what they're going through is something very similar to what Everton was going through uh, when they, you know, capitulated in Jan- late January to like mid-March, culminating with that loss to Burnley. 
Daniel James, Luke Ayling, straight reds in back-to-back matches. They're important players for, for Leeds. They're now out. They're already going through an injury crisis. Uh, on our podcast with uh, Fabrizio Romano, he had noted that Rafinha is basically angling for a move to Barcelona. And so you don't know. I mean, you, you hate to question anything, but you know that that is happening. And, and he's an, obviously an incredibly important player for uh, Jesse Marsh's side. And that's just the off the field stuff, right? Like the on the field stuff doesn't look good either for Leeds right now. And you're playing a Brighton team uh, that will just pick you apart and they'll pick this, this kind of lead style apart, pass through it, uh, pass through that man marking system or, you know, now it's modified, I guess, under March, but uh, still, you know, he's, he's trying to be up tempo and that's the type of side that Brighton should pass through without a problem. I do think uh, the, the lines look about right. I would possibly look at Brighton as an underdog just because of the way things are going with leads, but um, I would need a little bit more. Yeah. You know, I don't show value on leads here, which is ideal because I didn't really, I really didn't want to bet them, uh, but I don't know what to make of the last two matches. You said it right. Like we can kind of throw out the, the, the data from it because you get a red card against Arsenal, you get a red card against Chelsea and those matches become very different situations, but now they don't have these guys. So like they're out and they already had, you know, injury issues defensively and, they lose James, who's probably their, you know, one of their other key attackers besides Rafinha, of course, and, and Rodrigo. And, and so now it's like, all right, who's left? I mean, they don't have a ton of depth. That was a major issue with them. And now they're dealing with all this injury issue. So I can't back leads here. I'm, I'm now officially concerned. I mean, I was concerned before, but we're at like DEFCON 2 with leads as far as getting relegated here. It seems like they're the team that's going to end up there. With that being said... Brighton is going to probably be flat here. I mean, they've been, they've been up for a while. We, I mean, Saturday was so much fun against Manchester United, and then they had the win against Arsenal, the win against Spurs. So they are going to be, probably be flat here, and you figure, you know, one last hurrah at home next weekend is going to be the last Brighton, you know, all-in spot. So they could be flat here, and I think that's a very real possibility. But Brighton also dominated the reverse fixture with ease. I mean, they had over one-and-a-half expected goals. They were throttling the Leeds net, just never quite found the winner. It was a classic Brighton performance. And I'm concerned for Leeds here. I just, I just don't know how deep we're going into this bench now. And they're being inflated. I mean, my projections, I'm generally high on both of these teams. I've got Brighton as a favorite. They're a slight dog. Clearly, Leeds is getting juiced up because of the must-win motivational number and factor. Uh, and so I'm, I'm probably passing here as well. Uh, a, couple, a couple of things to note about this game. Uh, so, yeah, Leeds, Leeds plays Brighton. They're at home uh, leads. And then they go to Brentford for their season finale. Uh, they need at least, you know, one point to, to get out of the relegation zone and they would need Burnley to uh, not pick up a point in their last three matches. Burnley, like I said, they have Spurs um, Villa again, and then Newcastle, uh, Newcastle to close it out. So it's not outlandish to suggest that Burnley loses its last four matches going back to the Villa match from uh, last weekend. But you, I think, you know, if you are looking at this as a, as Leeds United looking at these, this is like a 180 minute cup cup tie. This is the part of the cup tie that you would say, we need to get three points out of this, this one, because going on the road against a team that's just been dynamite at home all season. And like Brighton will be a tough team to beat um, in, in similar fashion. So I, I'm expecting, you know, leads to, to be like a little more aggressive going, going forward, going for the win here. Um, and, that makes me feel a little less comfortable betting them, honestly, because they are so mistake prone and Bright- Brighton are just so good at, at uh, you know, turning mistakes into opportunities going forward. 
of course they don't finish them off all the time, but you know, that's a different story. Um, and also another have thing been to, lately. Yeah. But, but that's like, but like Spurs, you just said, two but like you just said like that's when you want right. to go against Brighton, right? Like, it's yeah, when, they're a favorite. Yeah. I mean, you don't right. want, I mean, they're not actually a favorite here, but yeah, pick them right. Up. Yeah. And um, one other thing to note is that Burnley plays at 7 a.m. on Sunday, Leeds plays at 9 a.m. And then Everton plays at 1130 a.m. Uh, those three teams obviously battling for that, that last, uh, those last two spots in the premier league next year. So let's say Burnley lose to Spurs that does change things maybe a little bit. Obviously they're still going to want to win and, and go, go, go for the three points because of, like I just said with their schedule, but they can maybe then be a little more conservative. If Burnley win, then it's like you, you just got to throw all caution to the wind. If your leads and, and go for the um, go for the win, right? Cause you not only do you have to catch Burnley by winning, then you also have to catch a, You'll, you'll have to beat them in, in the following weekend as well. And they have a game in hand because of the goal differential that leads is, is going to, they have the worst goal differential, of the three teams. So there's a lot of things just to consider with this line. Um, and it's, it's the, the match that I'm most interested in watching, obviously as, as an Everton fan of, of this block, but I think for neutrals too, it will be uh, the most interesting one to kind of sit back and, and just watch how this one unfolds because it could go so many different ways. Um, but it's because at the same time, like this Leeds team, what, what what their biggest kind of strength in under Marcelo Bielsa in his tenure going into last year and 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 for much of this year, even when they aren't going well, is that they just didn't give up. Like they this, they they went ninety minutes no matter what the score was. So you're not going to get like a soft effort out of them. Um, anyways, uh, long story short, I got nothing for this one, and uh, neither do you. I do have betting interest in the next game though. It's it's a weird card for for betters, but. Uh, Aston Villa, they're hosting Crystal Palace plus 245. Palace is the underdog. Villa plus 105 at home. The draw plus 255. Uh, I like Palace. I think they're just a better team. You're getting a good number on them. If you look at the uh, the stats on the year, Crystal Palace have the sixth best, uh, sixth best expected goal differential in the EPL. Uh, better than West Ham. They're, you know, in terms of the expected points table, they're a big six club. It's just been uh, an incredibly impressive season for this team. It looks like a meaningless game for both sides, but Palace have an opportunity to gate crash the top 10. They could finish as high as eighth if if they want. So, um, or if they get the results. So I like Palace in the spot. I think it's, we've, we've, we've talked about their struggles on the road. They've started to play better uh, away from Sellers Park. So you're getting a, a good number on a good team. Uh, I think the better team, especially this year. So uh, it's Palace for me here. I lean that way. I show a little bit of value on Palace. I have them as a slightly better team. They're on the road where they've been much worse this season, but I'm actually targeting the total here. I'm going to play the under two and a half goals. I just think both defenses kind of have the edge. We're dealing with two of the better defenses in the Premier League, two attacks that have struggled at various points of the season. Both teams like to play on the counter a little bit, transition-y better in those situations. And I think... When you get those two teams playing at the end of the season with not a lot on the line, you tend to have a potential for a bit of a flat game that just doesn't have a ton in it. To begin with, I show value on the under. I only have 2.3 goals projected. 2.5 under is minus 110. Palace do have some extra rest here, which also benefits you. I think, you know, playing Liverpool on a Tuesday is tough. And then, you know, you have to, you know, it is five days, so it's not the end of the world, but it also is a tough fixture to have in the midweek. Uh, Villa, when you look at their underlying numbers, they've been a team who's underperformed defensively most of the season. And that's really where the Gerrard differences between performance and results has come from the fact their defense has never really run well. And 
Some of that was Martinez had a bad shot stopping year. And some of that was just bad finishing luck by their opponents. Uh, and palace has had various issues, creating chances away from home. They're fourth lowest in the league with 0.88 expected goals per match on the road. Uh, so they've really struggled to create away from Selhurst. So I'm going under two and a half here. I like it a lot. And, you know, as kind of like a tease, Palace hosts United next weekend. They haven't opened. I haven't found a line yet. Uh, DraftKings is not doing look ahead for, you know, motivational reasons, but I can't wait to see what the line is for that match. Because if United's a favorite again, like they were at home against, yeah, against Brighton, Brighton, that's Brighton. on the road against Brighton. That's pretty scary. Yeah, it's the Brighton situation all over again. And uh, yeah, then Palace plays uh, Everton at Goodison Park uh, in, in between that. So it's, it's, they have a lot to say here. Um, for, for how I go into the summer, Crystal Palace. And it's a team that I've been backing. I think, you should, be, I think you should be feeling pretty good. I thought you'd be doing oh, it. Look, it? we're talking about Everton now. Let's, we can do it now, right? 11.30 a.m. on Sunday, it's Everton. They're even money at home against Brentford, plus 265. The draw is plus 265 as well. I do feel good. The, the probability is certainly in Everton's favor here. Great road point today. It was a great road point at Watford. Um, they ended Watford's 12-game losing streak at home. Congratulations. Um, but I do think it was it was interesting the approach from Lampard, which was they set up in that same 5-4-1 uh, that they played against Leicester and Chelsea and Man United and Liverpool. And Liverpool, they did it against Watford. And I almost looked at it as a, we're just looking at this as almost a, a practice game to keep this shape and to continue to, to stay in form with, with, um, with the shape, which they'll be playing against uh, their remaining opponents, especially Brentford, a team that, that loves to have the ball. They'll definitely do it against Arsenal on the road and, and they'll likely do it against Palace as well. Um, and I think this matchup, it, it sounds crazy. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this matchup suits Everton better than the Watford one. I'm not saying that they're more likely to beat Brentford than they were to beat Watford. They're not. The odds tell, told us that. However, just this, this with the way that Everton is setting up with, the, with what Lampard's trying to get them to do, they're all on the same page uh, against these, these sides like Brentford where they're going to absorb as much pressure and then, try to hit on the counter with Damari Gray or Charleston and uh, Anthony Gordon. It's been working. They've, they've done a really good job with those two mid blocks uh, in front and you know, F- Fabian Delph and, and Decoria have been really good in front of the back five. So it's, it's a tricky spot to handicap. Cause I think if you show me this number a few weeks ago, I would say it's, it's, it's Brentford all day, um, but things have changed. And I think that this is now turning into a trickier spot for, for Brentford against uh, a team that is been in great form at home. Uh, as well. So it's, I'm going to likely pass. I have enough riding on this game uh, as a fan, as an Everton fan. But like you said, I do think that they, they have, you know, they're 12 to one to go down now. They were odds on what 18 days ago about. So of course I feel much better now than I did then. However, like it's, there's no, it's Brentford palace and Arsenal. So like I was just saying with Burnley, it's not, there's no, if Everton lose these last three games, Nobody's going to be like all oh, that shock because those teams are all better than Everton. And I know two of them are at home, uh, but it's still they're, they're going to need to get at least two points, I think, out of these last three games uh, or honestly, two points, at least two points out of Brentford and Palace to avoid a nightmare scenario where they're going to need to get something out of that Arsenal game on uh, the last day. Uh, but how do you see Brentford and the Toffees? Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing from Watford. You know, they're favored against Brentford at home. And I understand that the motivation is different, but I don't think Brentford's a team who looks like they've quit. I mean, they just had a very inspired performance last weekend. Uh, They've been one of the better teams in the league. 
over the second half. You know, they had that dip in January, February, but since then they've been flying, pulling off good wins. They thrashed Southampton. And so I don't expect Brentford to have a bad effort here and to be on the beach. I don't, I don't see that for a team who's in their first year in the Prem, who wants to seal off a potential. I mean, they have an outside chance at the top 10 as well, depending on how their final two results go. And, and they're playing a big role in the relegation fight. And you know, a team like Brentford wants to be able to play spoiler for these bigger, so-called bigger clubs. And I mean, Leeds and Everton are bigger clubs uh, and they have a big say kind of in who gets relegated over the next week and a half. And so I think that you factor that in. I'm not quite sure how Everton is all of a sudden a plus 100 favorite at home, even at home where they have been better, but let's consider those wins, right? So you beat United who was incredibly flat in that game. You catch a couple bounces to beat Chelsea. Pickford has a great game. Credit to him. Same thing with Leicester. I think Brentford's better than Leicester. And what was Everton? Everton was just what? An underdog at Leicester? Now they're yeah. a pretty sizable like favorite at home. I think they, they ended up as it was close to a pick them by the time it closed. Right. But like, when they played Leicester like three weeks ago, they were they were oh at home. Slight, yeah. 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 They were like yeah, a slight, slight favorite, right? Right. Yep. And now they're like a sizable favorite against yeah. Brentford. No, so I can't a, get there. I can't get there on the number. So I, I have a strong lean toward Brentford. I'd probably wind up playing them come Sunday. Uh, I just, I'm very surprised by this number. And as long as Brentford's healthy, which they seem to be, and uh, Everton's set piece defense is a major question mark here too. It's been better. Been better. Yeah. I was about to say it's been, it's been it has much, much been better. better, but it wasn't good the first half, first two thirds. And so uh, Brentford might be able to exploit that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised um, at all. It's uh, this. I don't. I I would go as far to say that Everton. I gotta look at it now. So it's it's two points, right? Two to points ensure, plus they to, have goal difference against to ensure sa- to ensure safety, right? So Leeds has six maximum six points left. Everton uh, has they're at thirty. They're two points ahead of Leeds, right? So they would need four points to be mathematically safe, right? Uh, basically, you know, unless they lose hundred. Yeah, I but, think I think two is enough. So I think they're going to get. Well, Bill, here's what I'm going to say. They're again. also taking a, they're, they're taking a point from Arsenal on the final day if they need it. Here's the other thing, right? Um, and if say Arsenal it again, wins it, just how it's going to be. Same point, same point I just made with Leeds. Burnley's playing at 7 a.m. Leeds is playing at 9 a.m. Everton is playing at 11:30 a.m. So this could go a number of different ways. Where if like if Burnley and Leeds both win, Everton's back in the relegation zone against Brentford, right? At home, need a win or at least a point, right? Um, that's unlikely, of course. Leeds is uh, plus one fifty-five. Burnley's not nine to one, so of course it's unlikely that that's the scenario. But the point is that will Everton will know kind of what the job, the task at hand is. Because if Leeds do lose, then yeah, it's one point that they need for safety. And I would imagine we'd see a very similar performance to what we saw today, which was we will basically do everything in our power to limit not to lose. Yeah, to limit the mistake. Yeah, and like Brentford has better attackers than Watford. Like the, again, I think a lot of today just came down to Watford playing some really bad players and not having any threat on on the attack and you mm-hmm. know 0.39 xg. But uh, I do, yeah, I, I think I think this is one where you know you're not usually you know for me I'll put a lot of bets in the app Wednesday Thursday because we kind of know where the market's going to settle generally. Uh, this is this is a situation where I'm I'm kind of waiting. Mm-hmm. Across the board and get as we get a little closer to Sunday, because you tend to get some wonkier lineups and the market tends to get a little bit out of whack, especially generally shaded toward these must win teams. I said this on 
the last episode, Everton got steamed 80 cents. They might get steamed again. So I'm going to wait until we get closer to game time. And as long as it's the same number, I'm going to probably play Brentford. And then I may even get a better number if we can get like a plus 110, 120 on Brentford at plus a half. I like it even more. I, you know, and I understand, you know, we talk about closing line value sometimes, but at the end of the day, the market just gets out of whack at the end of these seasons. If Leeds loses, um, I think the under all of a sudden becomes a, a very, very viable bet uh, in, in Everton and, and Brentford, because like I said, Everton will just uh, park, park the bus and try to just get over the line with the point um, in that contest. Uh, all right. Monday night football. Newcastle plus 310 hosting Arsenal minus 115. The draw here is plus 265. We're normally uh, in the camp saying that Newcastle is inflated. It's just the market has loved them for since Eddie Howe basically took over. It's we've it's not gone well for us thinking that. But I actually think that they're worth consideration here. Of course, we'll, we'll wait to see what happens with Tottenham and Arsenal on Thursday. But if I'm going to like Newcastle more if Arsenal loses against Tottenham, and this is all of a sudden a must-win game for them, um, is I think, you know, you, usually we'll see the market react poorly on a team or move away from the line if, if the team loses. However, like we were talking about, mo- bookmakers bake motivation into, into the lines, and I think that Arsenal will take money if they need to, the win to keep pace with Tottenham, especially if Tottenham beats Burnley on Sunday morning. Um, so I'm, I've ner- Newcastle circled. Uh, I think that 3-1 to one at home, in a, in a, to close out a season that has uh, to, to get a season that has been very impressive and encouraging for the fan base going forward. Of course, uh, you know, we, we were, we're not going to condone the people that took over the club, but um, the, the fact of the matter is they, they've done well uh, since Eddie house took taken over and, and go, they'll be looking ahead uh, to next year. And so they're going to want to finish on a high note uh, in front of their fans and they're a good team. Um, you know, they're, they're, I don't think they're as good as maybe people say, but they're still solid, you know, in that eight to 12 mark right now. Uh, and that's good enough at home in, in what should be an inflated arsenal line to, to go against. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You know, I think we should, maybe we'll touch on this Sunday after we know the result, because we'll, we'll be doing a Sunday pod there's like five midweek games. We could maybe just touch on this again. Cause I do think so much depends on Thursday, right? Either Arsenal have clinched top four and they've won at Tottenham or they draw this match and Spurs don't get a result on Sunday and they've clinched top four or they lose this match. Spurs beat Burnley and then they're in a must win situation to stay above Spurs. So there's just so much that rides and, and like, yeah, narrative street, like is overrated this time of year. And I feel like we've, we've, we've kind of hammered that. So I'm not going to keep saying it, but the market will react. And until we know where the market's going on this, I don't want to bet it. And, but, but with that being said, in terms of like my projected number, I'm right on the number. I've got Arsenal minus 122. They're minus 115. So I have no interest in betting either side at the current number. But again, if Arsenal is in a must win spot, they get juiced up. They're minus 150, minus 140. Yeah, Newcastle at home plus a half is probably going to be a bet with the pressure, you know, building on Arsenal to to get the result. 
we will see. I don't know where we're going to be at that point. Newcastle has regressed a little bit. Now, granted, they played Liverpool and City and, you know, they got thrashed. But what can you say? It's Liverpool and City. That being said, they have fallen back to 14th, which is coincidentally right where I now have them in my power ratings. And so I feel pretty good about my read on Newcastle. I think the market, uh, I was a little low on them. I think they got some pretty fortunate results. Then they have fallen off. The market has corrected them downward. And we're sitting here and they're about right. So at the current number, I, I probably wouldn't play the match. But again, we're going to have to wait to see what happens. And we'll talk about this on Sunday night's pod. All right, let's uh, now move into the rest of Europe. I'll be sitting out basically everything uh, just with NHL playoffs and the Everton relegation battle, man. I'm fighting a war on, on so many fronts. So uh, I'm going to be passing all across. Plus like the motivational lines. It's, everything's just so out of whack here. It is crazy. Get, Some of the lines down, I'm looking yeah, as we at, get down I'm the like, stretch. what? You know. So uh, I'm going to flip it over to you. Uh, you can go through Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A, and Ligue 1 uh, before we get to our underdogs. All right, so we'll start in the Bundesliga. We have to say goodbye to my second favorite league, the Bundesliga, because they are done this weekend. It is the final Saturday. So all nine matches, all 18 teams will play 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. You can find that on ESPN+. Plus. I'm very excited for it. There's not a ton on the line. Of course, the title is decided. Relegation is basically decided unless Bielefeld goes out and wins by five plus goals. It's going to be Bielefeld and Firth getting relegated. Uh, and Stuttgart is, uh, has a chance to get out of the playoff if they win. So that's, I guess, the, you know, that's the interesting thing. They are, they have Colin at home. Colin is undervalued, but they're also chasing Europe. So Colin is, is a potential look if you're looking for like the motivational line, but the one line I can't get to, and there's no motivation at stake. Firth is already relegated. Osberg is safe. Osberg is minus 180 at home against Fert. I understand Fert collapsed against Dortmund, but they played really well in that match. Now they're plus one against Fert or against Osberg, rather. I only make them plus about four tenths of a goal. I've got Osberg right around even money to win the match. They're the slightly better team. They're at home. They're not good enough to be laying a full goal. So I'm going to take Greuther Fert plus one. Uh, Leverkusen and Freiburg will be the big match if you're looking to watch. Uh, any of them that have anything on the line because Freiburg is trying to crash the top four. Unlikely to get there though, because Leipzig's probably going to beat Bielefeld on Saturday. So that's it for the Bundesliga. It's been a great year, except for Gladbach. Hopefully Gladbach gets a result for uh, that I have, but we'll move on to Italy. We've got two weeks to go in Italy. The title race is pretty much all we have left. The, the, the relegation battle is also somewhat interesting at the bottom but I'm going to the mid table for my favorite bet. And it's Torino draw, no bet plus one thirty on the road at Verona. Verona took an early lead against Milan last weekend. Then they collapsed. I was not particularly impressed with their performance. They got caught out defending uh, in transition often. And Milan was able to really exploit them. We've talked a lot about Verona and why they're overrated because their attack has run ridiculously well all season. Well, now they get one of the best defenses in all of, Italy and all of Europe, it's going to be very hard for them to score. And Torino is just a great underdog. They've paid us off well, and I still think they're undervalued. I'm going to take them plus 130. I've got this as a pickup. We go to La Liga. They also have two matches left. Atletico Madrid did clinch top four, but so did Sevilla. They're playing each other. I like Atleti at home, plus 120 on the money line. I project them odds on. They're a much better team. This is a rematch of earlier this season. Atleti dominated the match, lost 2-1. On some flukes, Sevilla has been a run of flukes all season long. They're not good. Extremely overrated side. I'm taking Atleti to win at home. 
final home match of the season. Expect them to show up. And then in League 1, I'm taking Stadarim's BJ's new squad on the road against Senetien, classic relegation line. Senetien is minus 120 at home against Reims. Reims is pretty good defensively and should not be that number. So I'm taking them plus half. All right, I'll, I'll give you a breather here and do uh, my underdog first. It's Crystal Palace. Uh, they're plus 245 on the road against Aston Villa. Crystal Palace, sixth best expected goal differential on the season. Patrick Vieira's team, uh, the job he's done with this team has just been incredible. Uh, if, if they had maybe a, a little bit of better luck in, in, in the fall, in kind of the, the dog days of, of the winter, this team could be challenging for you know Europa Conference League spot or maybe even a Europa League spot. Um, nonetheless, a top 10 finish for the side is a big, big deal. So they will be fully motivated here. And they're in decent form. Um, they've not been defeated in their last three matches. And, and the one draw that they had in, in that batch was a dominant performance against Leeds that they just didn't finish their chances. They, they won the expected goals battle 1.62 to uh, 3.37 in that one. Then they defeated Southampton uh, in a good performance away from home. And then, you know, laid a, a beat down on, on Roy Hodgson's Watford, although it finished one nil, it was not, not that close at all. 2.5 to 0.5 uh, or less uh, expected goals in that one. So I like Palace's form. I like the spot. And I like the fact that they are, by expected goal differential, the sixth best team in Europe, uh, excuse me, in the Premier League, uh, Europe would be a, maybe a step too far for this team. Uh, maybe they might be my sixth favorite team in Europe. Next uh, but, year, they're going to be yeah, the sixth yeah, best exactly. team in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this Palace team uh, continues to be a team you want to be on at, in prices like this. So I'll be taking Palace plus 245 on the road as my favorite dog. Are we not going to talk about last week and the, the, how close we came on the 140 to one? <laughs> I mean, I'm just sick and tired of it. I'm, I'm ready for the season to end so I don't have to deal with this pain every single weekend of us hitting the first two legs. Like, I'd, ru- I'd much rather... Actually, that's not true. Because, you, you, you know, you, we're here for the journey, right? But in some weeks, I would much rather lose the first leg than have to drag it all the way out and have Tottenham take a 1-0 lead on Liverpool, a result that mattered a lot to me, uh, as well as, you know, all our, our, our podcast. And then to have a deflected luck box goal and then in stoppage time, Hoybier heads it back across the goal instead of into the open corner of the goal. Uh, very frustrating. That being said, I'm taking Atalanta plus 330. It, it feels like it's uh, Pickett's last charge. Hopefully it goes better than that. We'll go uh, uh, Alamo, you know, the last stand of Atalanta. It seems like the wheels are coming off of the club. Shouldn't go that far, but of the golden era of the club where they were the most dominant team in Italy over a four-year period. And now they're starting to slip as their older strikers are aging and not quite producing. And I'll be honest, I'm sad about it. But Milan's a little overvalued here. They're at home. They're chasing the Scudetto. And Atalanta is still very dangerous. And I think at plus 330, it's a very good price to fade Milan as they chase the Scudetto. I will say just real quick on that 140 to one that didn't come through. People are catching on that we're, we're, we're doing well at picking two out of three and, and they'll, they'll either round robin them or, you know, maybe rolling parlay or just bet these three teams uh, as sides rather than. Um, well, I, yeah, I usually, I usually throw a couple bucks on the, on the, oh, yeah. uh, on the parlay, but I'm mostly but, betting the separate bets. I mean, they're just better ideas generally than trying to parlay well, plus you'll know, 300 plus 600 dogs. You'll know we'll hit one uh, when I forget to bet it. Um, the, Odds for this one are obviously a lot less robust because we don't have a third leg because BJ, like I said, is um, a new dad. Uh, 
14 to 1 if uh, our two teams come through here. It would be just sad if we hit a 14 to 1. I know, it would. Because the, the whole point is that we, you just need to hit one, and all of a sudden you're extremely profitable. If we hit this one, uh, we'd still be we're, in the we're red. We're not. We're still yeah. be in the red uh, in, in this exercise. All right, uh, let's move to the, our favorite bets for the Premier League. Uh, I'll go first. I like uh, Manchester City. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Team total over. Two and a half plus 125. I actually don't hate the over three and a half at uh, better than three to one. Last four games for Manchester City as they are romping towards the title. Four games, 14.14 expected goals and 19 goals scored. So yeah, sure, they're, they're due for some regression. But even if they do regress, they're still creating over uh, three expected goals per game. So giving me plus money on, on them to score at least three goals. Uh, I guess a West Ham defense that has been just trending down for basically the entire uh, second half of the season. I'm going to take it uh, city team total over two and a half for the second straight week. And I'm going with an under Aston Villa hosting crystal palace under two and a half at minus one ten. This is two of the better defenses in the premier league for the entire season. Of course, palace has been one of the best surprise packages of the season. Defensively, they are fourth in expected goals allowed fourth in big scoring chances allowed. Villa has not been efficient at turning attacks into shots and into chances. They're 18th in big scoring chances and only 12th in creating expected goals, despite pretty solid ball progression numbers. Both these teams like to play in counterattacking situations, but when they're playing one another, it has the tendency to lead toward a bit of a stalemate. And both teams are better defensively, struggle a bit in attack. And of course, Palace only 0.88 expected goals away from home this season. That is the fourth worst in the Prem. So they have not been nearly as dynamite going forward when they're away from Selhurst Park. I think this has all the makings of a bit of a sleepy game. So I'm going under two and a half at minus 110. All right. Uh, that does it for another episode of Wonder Goal. Two in one day for, for you and I, Anthony. Make sure you listen to our interview with uh, Fabrizio Romano. And then listen, of course, listen to every episode. Uh, and we'll catch you again on the other side of the weekend, Monday morning, uh, as we head towards the final weekend of the Premier League season. 